Hello. Before we jump into the show, we need to shout out our awesome new sponsor, Marquee TV. Man, I was so excited when we got the news about the sponsor. You all might remember from a few weeks ago that I talked about my new Shakespeare project where I'm learning everything I can about Macbeth. It felt like we said the name Shakespeare out loud and the marquee people appeared and said, (laughs) we gotcha. It really did. Yeah. In case you're not familiar, Marquee TV is a streaming service. They have theater, ballet, opera, documentaries. There's a bunch of behind the scenes content of productions. Basically, it's a fun way to nerd out about the arts. Yeah, it's a streaming service that will take you to the best theaters in the world from the comfort of your own sofa. I've already added so many things to our watch list. Did you know there's a ballet based on the works of Beatrix Potter? I did. They've got a little preview video of somebody dancing around in a rabbit costume. Peter Rabbit doing ballet. (laughs) I also added a few hip-hop dance shows just to balance out the dancing bunnies. Yeah, (laughs) hip-hopra. That's what they call it. They do. It's so fun. Mozart's Requiem from the London Philharmonic Orchestra and a bunch of Shakespeare plays, including Richard II starring my pretend best friend, David Tennant. And Judy Dench talking about her long relationship with Shakespeare in a master class. Yeah, I love Judy Dench. Sure. But David Tennant. Yeah, that's quite a battle there. Okay. There's a special deal for our listeners. Marquee TV is offering three months of their service for 99 cents. You get three months of all of this good stuff for 99 cents yeah. with the code SSOP. That cost seems absurdly low to me. Like first, I expected it to be much higher given the quality of the content, but also 99 cents. You, you can't park next to a theater for 99 cents. Accurate. Also, if you watch Marquee TV, you get to see these shows maybe wearing your pajamas and hanging out with your cat yeah. or your dog. Yeah. It's a good way to sort of indulge your own curiosity. You can see all the performances of Hamlet or maybe the first 15 minutes of all of the performances of Hamlet, and you don't have to rope your friends and family into all of that. Or you could watch Richard II over and over and over and over. <laughs> What's the best angle for David Tennant in Richard II? Trick question. All of them. <laughs> anyway, You definitely need to explore the website because there is a ton of really fun, fascinating, engaging stuff on there. I went in specifically looking for Shakespeare and I found a ton of other things I wanted to watch. Yeah. You can keep up with what they're doing on social media at Marquee Arts TV. You can visit their website at marquee.tv. That's marquee.tv to get three months of their service for just 99 cents with the promo code SSOP. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. And now the show. Hi, I'm Sam Payne, host of the Appleseed Podcast. This season, imagine this, a crackling fire, a mug of cocoa, and family gathered around a great story. All you need is the fire and the cocoa. We'll take care of the stories. Join us in every episode of the Appleseed Podcast for folk tales, fairy tales, family stories, tall tales, and more, shared by some of the country's most beloved storytellers, and just right for gathering around. Make it a Christmas season to remember with the Appleseed Podcast. Find the Appleseed wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, a dark academia novel set in a New York City library. One of our favorite writers turns up in a delightful place. Plus, our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. 
my book pick for this week sounds like a perfect fall read for our library-loving audience. It's The Cloisters by Katie Hayes. Oh, you were talking about this the other day. It's really good. I stayed up a little too late reading it last night. (laughs) When I come across a book I think I might want to read or feature on Strong Sense of Place, I write down the title, author, and release date with some notes so I remember why it caught my eye. Sure. Next to this one, I wrote Dark Academia, Tarot Cards, and five exclamation points. So far, it's living up to the exclamation points. All right. Here's the setup. Our heroine, Anne, has been promised a summer job at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. She is very excited. She's coming from Walla Walla, Washington. That's a long trip. Yes. When she arrives, she finds out she's been assigned to work in the cloisters. Do you know about this? Only because we talked about it the other day. Okay, the Met Cloisters is a museum that features medieval art. Yep. Specifically, Romanesque and Gothic art from the Middle Ages. Yep. And it's housed in a building made from architectural elements from four 12th century French abbeys. Yeah. So they took the abbeys, they put them on boats, they brought them to Manhattan, and they set up the cloisters again. Yes, with beautiful gardens in between. Yeah. And an archive and library inside. Yeah, it's magic. When are we going to go there? All right. Back to the book. Yeah. Anne is working in the cloisters. Yeah. The details of what her work life is like are amazing. She works in the library. She also discovers a deck of tarot cards from the 15th century. One night, she and her colleagues do a tarot reading by candlelight, and tragedy ensues. I have not reached the tragedy in the book yet, but they are creeping closer to the tarot reading. (laughs) As you might expect, this book is described as atmospheric, creepy, and sinister which makes it even more delightful that the author's social media bios say Californian writer, cake aficionado. Cake aficionado. We have stuff to talk about. We sure do. I feel like we should be book friends and eat cake and drink tea and talk about moody gothic novels. Katie Hayes, call me. Let's do it. (laughs) This book is The Cloisters by cake aficionado Katie Hayes. I'm reading it right now and loving every minute. There is a book series that is celebrating its 107th anniversary this year. It is The Best American Short Stories 2022, and it's the latest in a line that started way back in 1915. Every year, an editor picks out 100 or so candidates, and then a guest editor picks out their favorites. The net is pretty broad, and it includes anything written in English or translated into English by the author and then published anywhere in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, or Greenland. Wow. Yeah. Greenland. Yeah. Interesting choice. Yep. The guest editors are some of the best writers of our time. People like Joyce Carol Oates, Margaret Atwood, Amy Tan, and E.L. Doctorow have edited it over the years. This year, Andrew Sean Greer made the final cut. What? Yeah. He's the author of Less, and he won the 2018 Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. And Less is Lost, which just came out this fall. Yep. If uh, you are interested in seeing what Andrew Sean Greer enjoyed in short stories last year, The Best American Short Stories 2022 is out now. I also want to mention that the other books in the Best American series are out. These are collections of great writing in a particular subgenre. So this year, those include food writing, mystery and suspense, science and nature, science fiction and fantasy, and essays. I'm very interested in the food writing edition. I actually bought the essays. (laughs) I started reading those yesterday. 
As we enter the winter holiday gift-giving season, you might want to keep those books in mind, particularly for people who you don't know that well. They make an excellent present when you're pretty sure someone is a reader, but you don't know their tastes. I feel like these could also be a really great gift for someone you know reads a lot and you don't know everything that they've already consumed. Yes. Because this is a bunch of new material and you could know they like sci-fi or mysteries or food writing and be like, ta-da! Yeah. It's a really good way to get introduced to new authors, too. It is. Okay, I want all of them. Yes. Let's just get all of them. Also, there's like 30 years of all of those now, so. The travel writing ones are really good, too. I used to really loved, they had a series called Non-Required Reading, the best non-required reading of whatever year. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed all of them. And they're all still there. I was just writing in an email to someone the other day. One of the great gifts of books is that the content is always there and does not change. So even if you don't get to a book that you're curious about right now, it's just waiting there for you. It's true. That's the best American series, and they are all out right now. And now, our distraction of the week. The website Literary Hub, also known as Lit Hub. For the cool kids. Yeah, those cool book nerds. <laughs> Lit Hub is one of my must-read sites and newsletters pretty much every day. Yeah. They definitely lean strongly toward the literary side of the world, hence the name. It's right there. Yep. But their interests and mine often overlap. Their blog, called The Hub, is lighter than their articles and essays. It can be really snarky and funny. It's pretty short. And usually they're commenting on some kind of book-related news. Back in September, The Hub announced a new advice column for book lovers. It's called Dear Dorothea. I've read it every week since it launched, and I'm really enjoying it. So I thought now would be a good time to tell all of you about it. Here's the deal. Readers submit their problem to Dorothea, and she recommends books to help them with their issue. I wasn't sure if it would be too gimmicky or snarky, or if it would just be a bunch of nonfiction recommendations. Sure. But I'm really impressed with how Dorothea has been approaching these questions from readers. She takes their issues really seriously. And her recommendations have been great. So what kind of advice is Dorothea handing out? Okay, for example, a new mom wrote that the demands of her new baby and sleep deprivation were wreaking havoc on her reading life. I would imagine, yeah. yeah. And at the end, she said that she likes postmodern trickery, fancy prose, and weird girl books. She signed her letter too tired to read. Mm -hmm. I know. So first, this really impressed me, Dorothea gently told her not to beat herself up for not reading during this huge life transition. Yeah. And then she recommended a novella, which I thought was really smart. <laughs> it's called Lucinella by Laura Siegel. And it's a funny takedown of the 1970s literary scene in New York City. The reason she recommended it is because it has short sections and wide margins and a lot of dialogue that'll make you feel like you're in the room which I thought was a very thoughtful recommendation for a new mom who's sure. probably spending a lot of time by herself and not with other adults. Right. I thought it was really insightful. Yeah, that's nice. Recently, someone else calling themselves New Immigrant wrote to ask for books to help them navigate their move to a foreign country. Dorothea started her response with this. I'm imagining a life like a snow globe now. Turn it upside down and watch the storm and then watch everything fall beautifully into place. That's what life is there for. That's a lovely piece of writing there. Agree. 
And I wasn't expecting that level of compassion, I guess, from Dorothea when they announced it. Right. So for this woman, she recommended two books, a novel about a woman who moves to Copenhagen for a fresh start and learns to drive. She recommended that one, she said, because the protagonist makes for good company. And she suggested a memoir of a 60-year-old woman who goes back to school to learn to paint. Both really good recommendations. Yeah. She ended her advice with this. As you get settled, I'm wishing you daily courage as you navigate your new routine. I hope you find the little things that tell you you're on the right track. Others have asked for books to navigate grief or an upcoming wedding or a broken heart. In every case, Dorothea has been very empathetic and kind and recommended books that answer the reader's question in a really creative way. I've been surprised at every one of her picks and also thought, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's great. It's a little bit like Dear Abby mashed up with what Ann Bogle does on What Should I Read Next? And does a really nice job of listening to what people are, say they like in books and interpreting that broadly and empathetically. It's a really great trick she does. Book Whisperer. Yeah. You can find Dear Dorothea every Thursday on LitHub. I'll put a link in show notes. Visit strongsenseofplace.com library for more details about the books we discussed and to link over to Dear Dorothea. Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon.